Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, any one of us who have ever experienced a sick child that has ended up in hospital will know how traumatic those hospital stays can be, especially for the little one. Well, my next guest, Edel Tobin, is from Kilcrohan and she's witnessing at first hand the care and attention on the Puffin Ward at Cork University Hospital because her daughter, Mia, is a patient there at the moment. And Adele joins me to discuss fundraising that she's currently doing for the Children's Ward at uh, CUH. Good morning to you, Adele. Hi, Patricia. And thanks a million for taking our call. And I suppose, firstly, how is Mia? And are you okay to, to explain to us what happened to her? Yeah, um, she's good now. We got good news yesterday. We're hoping to be heading home at the weekend if we get um, all clear from a CT scan today. But Mia had three strokes out of the blue. Um, unexplained. Can't find a reason for it. So. And what age is she? She's eight. So she did she just suddenly become unwell? So it happened, it started was just over three weeks ago. She woke one night around half twelve, crying with a pain in her head, and she started vomiting. And Mia has a pre-existing medical condition anyway called Russell-Silver syndrome. So we're a bit more wary of her when she's sick. Okay. So I, we're about an hour and three quarters away from Cork. That night I put her in the car. I rang South Dock, they wouldn't see her. I put her in the car and I drove her to A&E and we landed up there about two o'clock in the morning. And I have to say A&E was a different story now to the rest of it. They gave her apple juice and she tolerated the carton of apple juice and they sent us home at eight o'clock in the morning. And then it kind of continued on for a few days after that. At night time, she was waking with pains in her head. So basically, we didn't realise it at the time, but... When she was lying down, she was getting a build-up of fluid in her head of pressure caused by the first stroke that she had actually had the night I brought her to A&E. But, I mean, we weren't looking out for a stroke. We didn't. It was the last thing we would have expected with her. So this went on for a bit at home, um, a bit of a pain in the head, and then it came to a head when she got weakness on her left side and her speech started coming out all mixed up. The words were getting all mixed up. So we brought her to our, our GP in school, Dr. Helen Finlay, and she was fantastic. She got us into Cork to paediatric assessment and from there, straight away, um, they noticed a, a weakness on her left side and we were admitted and her doctor then, Dr. Olivia Manny, she even came out of clinic that morning to come examine Mia and from there on, they've just been unbelievable. And when you noticed the, the the speech difficulty and the weakness on the left side, did you start to question that maybe this is a stroke? Well, I'll be honest, I've overreacted a lot of times with things with her. I'm very, you know, she's been sick a lot. She's had a lot of different, like, 
she's not your average child. When she gets a virus, it takes her a good three weeks to get over it. We used to always have to do a week in hospital on drip and whatnot. So I was trying to tell myself, look, we've been to A&E. They say she's okay. Just calm down and wait it out. Because we had actually, we'd all had a viral thing in the house. So I kind of thought maybe, you know, it'll, it'll pass. Because, I mean, you're not, you're not looking for stroke in an eight-year-old. No, no. It's not the last thing you think of. Um, but I did, I, like, when obviously when the weakness and I knew something was very wrong. And it did, it came back after about 30, 35 minutes or so. The feeling came back and we calmed her down. And she kind of started saying, well, maybe I fell asleep funny on my hand. Maybe it went numb. Maybe that was it. And we didn't know what to think. So... A&E wasn't an option for us. We've done that a lot of times. We've done A&E and we've done being sent home. So we got her to the GP in the morning and that. And then it was straight on to the ward. And you are fulsome, Adele, in your praise of the care and attention that Mia has been receiving since. Cannot say enough about them. I mean, even the consultant, she never left Mia all weekend. She gave the whole weekend in and out. We have had nurses here she had, we think, her final stroke in the hospital on the Friday night. We came here on the Thursday and it was it was horrifying to watch. Horrifying. She was screaming and screaming, saying, I'm going to die. My head is going to explode. She was, me is high-functioning AC, so she has a very high understanding of everything. She takes in everything. She knows everything. She's She's too clever. She's a smart kid. Yeah, she's very, smart. very much so. difficult. Difficult to watch your child though go through something like like it that. It was horrible. But like, I was shocked that night. She was to have an MRI, but she couldn't. She was too unsteady. But they were able to send her for a CT. So we had a nurse on. Um, Ashley was her name, and she finished shift just before Mia was due to go for the CT. She wouldn't go. She wouldn't go home. She came down with us. She stayed with us till Mia had her CT scans and she stayed with us until we got back up to the ward. What a nurse. Oh, like all of them. They have been unbelievable. I I can't praise them enough. And I'm not just saying it because we're in here now. I, I mean, they have gone over and above. We have a place specialist, Rachel, here on the ward. She's on this ward. She's in Ladybird downstairs. She's in NICU. We've, we had, a, like, obviously for Mia now, she's so aware of what's happened. She knows, like, the day that we got told she's the stroke, I got called out and the doctor said, look, I'm sorry, there's there's evidence of the three strokes on the, it was both sides of her brain, the right and the left. And I went back into Mia and I sat down in the bed. I'd obviously been crying. Mia looked at me and she said, they seen something on the picture of my brain, didn't they? You know, she's, She's so for, for an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's hitting her hard. Rachel, and is there any permanent damage? You know, the way we, we know with adults, uh, older people, if they get strokes, they can be left completely paralysed down the, the, the left-hand side or they might have speech difficulties. Are you seeing anything permanent? So since Mia was born, we've been told she's rare. <laughs> Everything with her is rare. She has this Russell Silver syndrome, a very rare form of it. She has hypothyroidism. She has a whole mixture of things. And she's become even more rare now because this type of stroke that she has is extremely rare. And they are absolutely baffled that she is 
come out of it, she has a slight weakness on the left side. That's but, as much. But that possibly will come back with physio. That will, they, they, we're, we're so lucky. We have early intervention in Bantry. They're fantastic. They're honest. They've contacted the ward here already to know what they need to have in place for her going home. They're fantastic. That's that's fantastic. That now, yeah. but it's it's you, you were talking about the play therapist, and I unfortunately in, interrupted you. And it yeah. is it is the play therapist and the playroom that you really want to focus on from a fundraising point of view. Tell me about yeah. that. So basically, people think of you know play specialist, oh that she's just you know keeping them occupied and doing what. It's not Mia. Like I said, has such a high understanding. I'm here with her the last two weeks. She's. I can only say probably allergic to me now at this stage. <laughs> she had a bad episode the other evening where, so she's very, very, very small. She's only 16 kgs and it's very hard to get a line into her. And she had a bad experience trying to get a, a cannula in. Rachel came. Mia was hysterical. I mean hysterical. Screaming, roaring, pain in the head was coming back, everything because she was so worked up. Rachel came in, had her time with her, had Mia calmed down, knew all the things to say to her, done everything I couldn't do. I mean, she was absolutely amazing. She goes into, you know, before surgery for children, she came into Mia, she had her all set up for when she was going for it. Mia was able to do the MRIs without sedation. Thanks to Rachel explaining what she was going doing, showing her videos on it, talking her through it. It's so important to have her and what she has on the ward there's only so much a parent can do mm. she really is like it but, but I think I think people will be surprised to hear because we're talking about a health budget that's gone into the billions and they've gone a billion over uh, this year alone for for example the the equipment and the toys and the other bits and bobs that you would expect a play therapist to use and you'd expect to be in a playroom none of that is funded by the HSE no, and she's literally inside in a shoebox, the room. Like, she has, she is, I, I know they can't do anything about that. Look, the ward is the size of the ward is the ward, that's it. But she's there, she was given her space. But everything that goes into that room is donated by past parents. It's funded for everything. And like, she knows what they need. She goes out, she gets it. But if it's given to a child, it has to be replaced. It's not, um... Do you know, it's not that all stuff is given in and it's there. It's not. And like she says herself, they get donations of presents, obviously Christmas time, things like that, to give to the children, which is fantastic. But there's children there all year round. Yeah. Do you know, there's, there's an average of 250 children coming in out there a month. It's, it's hard to explain it, but until you're in here firsthand and you appreciate what's being done inside here, it's... Um, that she needs every penny of us. Okay, and so you set up a GoFundMe uh, page yep. and you simply called it a Puffin Children's Ward in CUH and, yep. and you set up, you set a target of 1,500. Yes. You, you, you I'm just looking at it now in front of me. You're at 10,500. I, uh, I, I could tell, honestly, it's been the greatest distraction to me <laughs> in here because <laughs> I was going, I, I have, it's, it's been hard, like, and I set that up. I went home one night, I have two younger boys at home, and I went home one night to them last Friday night. And when I went home, I wasn't happy at home. I didn't feel comfortable at home, so I, I said, like, look, I have to do something to get my mind off it. So I set this up, and I was like, sure, any 500 euros would be great help to them. 
and it was just going up and up and up and like people have been unbelievable. It's fantastic. And it's yeah. lovely to see some some people when they donate, you know, they, they, they put up words, you know, and, and as to why they're doing it. And I loved one uh, Teresa said about her son, Ryan, and my son likes holidaying in the Puffin Ward. Yeah. I mean, God almighty, isn't that, that will tell you the care and attention. And somebody else, you know, speaking about that their son spent uh, so many mm-hmm. nights on the Puffin Ward and, and they know how important uh, it is. So if anybody has a few bob to give, and it can be from the very low to the very high, I'm always, I'm always saying on these type of fundraisers, it's all the small tenors and twenties are the ones uh, that mount up. Go fund me, and it's Puffin Children's Board um, in Coh. So you're hoping to be heading home tomorrow. If me is to have um, vaccines now in a minute, I'm okay. waiting to have them for the. So it's me is on aspirin now for probably for the rest of her, her life. Time. Yeah, and she has to get. She's never had the chicken pox, so the chicken pox is a high risk of her basically having another stroke if she gets them. So she has to have the vaccine uh, and the vaccine itself carries a bit of risk when you're on aspirin. So she's to get the vaccines this morning and be monitored for a few days and just make sure everything's okay. And then if all is good and if this CT scan comes back with no change since last Friday, then... We're okay. So. Oh, it'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. And actually, the picture you put up online, she's beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous little thing. Because Russell Sil- Silver Syndrome, they're very small, isn't Isn't that one yeah, of the characteristics? She's, she's 16 kg. She's yeah. less than her three year old brother in God, weight. Gosh, tiny so, little thing. Tiny yeah. little thing. And Camille, how is mommy doing? How are you? I'm. I miss being at home and everything, but I have to say, I was in no rush to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a lot more comfortable being here. I was, you know, they they looked after you so well. Like, people, you just don't see it until you're in here. We've been in Puffin so many times. But it would get, the last time was in the middle of COVID, but before that was all pre-COVID. So you had a parents' room here. You know, you could walk out, you could go in, you could get your coffee, you could sit down and have five or ten minutes to yourself. They've gotten rid of all that. The covid apparently means you can't have a parent's room now. So there's no... The nurses are running around the place trying to ask you, do you know, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want a cup of coffee? In the middle of trying to do their own work no, as well. No, like, And, and they, they take the time to do it. Yeah, and they're stressed to the nines. Uh, they're so overworked. They really are. Yeah. Listen, uh, we, well, listen, good luck. Continue good luck with the fundraiser. It was a brilliant, brilliant thing to do. Uh, Thank well you so done. Much. And we send lots of healing love to Mia and, and, and to Mummy as well. You need to look after yourself, Fidel. And thank, thank you, you for sharing your story with us today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Idel Tobin from Kilcrahan, currently along with Mia in the Puffin at Ward. Hopefully they'll be home soon.